0: Hello, Gracefully Chosen listeners, and welcome to Foster My Stories, the achievement-focused podcast for foster, adoption, and orphan communities. With inclusion of The Underserved, I'm your host, Shalina Michelle Tate, and on today's cast episode, I will be speaking to my January featured story, Jamal Stroud. Jamal is originally from Brooklyn, New York, but now resides in Columbia, South Carolina. His upbringing has inspired the passion behind the dynamic services he provides to many youth today. I'm so excited because like myself, Jamal is a former foster care alumni, and I'm so thankful to interview him today via phone and really hear his testimony. So we're going to kick this uh, interview off by allowing Jamal to introduce himself and really tell you as the listeners how his upbringing was in the foster care system. Hello, Jamal. Thank you so much for being here on Foster My Stories. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. It's an honor to be Show. I'm Thank excited. you. Excited, <laughs> but to have Jamal here because uh, it's very rare to really always connect with others who have been in the foster care or adoption or orphan communities in our society. Unfortunately, a lot of times there's a negative stigma that's attached to that, but to really interview and talk to someone who is not ashamed to really speak about his testimony in a minute is really humbling. Okay, well, Jamal, if you tell the listeners about your upbringing, how did you get connected with the foster care and or adoption? Mom and my dad Basically, they uh, left me in the hospital. Uh, So from there
1: on, I just was born into the foster care system. By the age of seven, I was in seven different foster homes. So it was very, very rocky and trying to learn myself, learn how to accept others, learn how to trust others. But my trust was broken because I was in multiple homes by a young age. I wasn't able to fully do you know, love anybody or, you know, fully care about anybody because I felt like I was just moving to the next home. So it was very, very difficult, though not know, having that at a young age with a lot of adversity on my shoulders. So it was very, very difficult. But I went through counseling
0: and that actually helped me out to become a better person than I am today. We just heard how Jamal was saying how his upbringing and really transitioning to different homes, different placements, you know, that played a lot on really his self-esteem, should I say, um, his confidence. Yes and really Kind of trying to find himself and then really navigating new environments. I definitely could relate to that. A lot of times in the school systems, you know, there's many youth who have been through really traumatic experiences and just different things that they may face at home. So a lot of times they may have those emotions and unresolved circumstances that they bring into school. And unfortunately, a lot of times those youth are kind of pre labeled, isolated, or segregated. But really to hear how Jamal was. Able to receive positive counseling and influence to kind of help him get on the right track is really dynamic. Jamal, you were saying seven different placements. Yes, I can relate because a lot of times, especially when you're transitioning and you're in school and you're trying to focus, that may have been seen as like a setback or this child is a behavioral issue or this child needs medication or this child is remedial. But a lot of times, it very well may be just the environment, the stuff that you can't really show all the time and then also speak about all the time jamal for the listeners who don't know i read your backstory your transition through the foster care were you there with different foster families or did you reconnect with family how was that experience for you that experience was Own self, uh so i know
1: multiple times i was with you know maybe you know caucasian family one time you know african-american family another time so i was kind of bounced around but uh my aunt the unique way how she found me was my brothers was placed with my aunt so i guess the casework was like hey you know uh they have another sibling out there you know after she got one sibling then the casework said he got another one and then there was another one (laughs) so that's how i kind of got put with my aunt and later on she did adopt me so that was a great closing story on that part that doesn't you know end the journey uh, because I was still dealing with those issues on being accepted by hey how long would I be here Uh, you
0: know the other family told me the same thing hey this is going to be a forever home and I'm still getting moved out so I always
1: had that you know just always looking over my shoulder it was uh very hard to kind of transition and actually come to peace to say like hey this is my actual home Uh, I never knew how long it was going to be so I just trying to make
0: the best of the situations. Just listening to Jamal expound on that, that is so true. When you're being placed in different environments, different families and situations, you're not really sure how the environment's going to be. You're not really sure if you'll be able to fully connect with the other youth that's there or the foster parents that's there. From different places, you're not always fully understood. Just to hear Jamal expound on the fact that, hey, he ended up with an aunt. The effort is to find the best care and family members are the first one that dss and the courts will try to reach out to and then unfortunately if there's not really a stable situation within the biological families then the child or children will be placed in the assumed best situation but to hear jamal say that he ended up with an aunt and then his brothers i commend whoever that social worker was because a lot of times the siblings don't get the opportunity or the luxury to be placed in the same foster home a lot of times a preference of the foster family. They may just want one child or they may want a younger child. And so it's really a preference for the foster family. But to hear Jamal say that his aunt stepped up in that role and embraced them as brothers to come in her situation, I commend as well, right? You may be a biological family member. It's called in-kind foster care where the child don't have to necessarily be separated into a stranger's home, but you yourself may want to step up in that role of being their foster parent and so definitely you have to reach out to your local department of social services and any really local organizations that can help you for that transition commend the fact that jamal was there with his brothers but he also said something key even though he was there with an aunt and yes he was there with his brothers it was still that moment and those moments of like trying to still fit in try to still belong really and find himself jamal how long were you there with your aunt and did you transition to like through high school, graduation, what was your situation? Uh, yes, uh, trans- from elementary through high school, there. So it was still
1: trying to, you know, learn myself. And also, if I was in that realm of, like you just stated, uh, trying to fit in mm-hmm. because I didn't want to not fit in. And then they say, hey, he's not a good fit, let's get him out. Yeah. You know, and, you know, thinking as a child, you know, then like, okay, I'm not here for that long, so let me try to do my best. Yes. So it was like I was trying to be perfect, but nobody's perfect. Yes. So there are many times where I failed and things of that nature. My aunt reassured me, like, hey, this is, you know, no matter what happens. This is what it's going to be. You know, you're going to stay here with us. So just having that reinsurance, you know, took a lot of pressure off of me. And like I said, uh, multiple times I failed trying to fit in, trying to be perfect, trying to get the best grades, trying yes. to do these things. But come on, yeah. you know, with all of that stress and all of that trauma, you know, you're going to kind of not succeed with that. Yes. So she helped me out a lot. Uh, it wasn't always perfect. You yes. know, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, it was the perfect, almost ideal. No, you know, but it was perfect for me because the situations where I came from was getting Move from home to home and this was more of a staples aspect for me
0: so I didn't get the finer things you know while I was at the house but stability that's all that really mattered to me at that time that's key what Jamal just said that he acknowledges he had some desires for certain things but because of his living situation he wasn't always afforded those things that he desired um whether they be really to fit in but he said a key thing he had stability he was able to find stability with his aunt and that really is key especially when you are transitioning through the foster care the adoption or orphan communities and really the underserved communities the key really to progression is stability and a lot of times we don't have that in communities or in any role models but for jamal i would love for him to expound on how basically transitioning from his aunt propelled him into adulthood and then from adulthood what discoveries did you make in order to blossom really into adulthood Okay, well that's a um... While I was with my aunt, like I said, you know, I appreciate everything that she's done for me, but like I said, it wasn't always perfect,
1: yeah. and she had, you know, two other boys, so it was three boys at the house, you know, my oldest, he was, and he was a teenager, so, you know, teenagers do teenager things. Yes. So. yes. and my younger brother, he was kind of struggling at school with behavior, so, of yes. course, the middle child is kind of left to himself a lot, yeah. so, that being said, um, I was kind of like the black sheep of the family, yeah. um, because, she felt like you know as long as I did good in school like everything would be okay so a lot of the time the attention really wasn't on me because I was doing okay in school but my oldest brother was you know causing problems my younger brother was causing problems so I was just kind of you know sat in the middle Uh, so that worked on me as well because a lot of times I wanted to have the finer things or I wanted to have the Jordans or the new bike or the new wrestling toy Uh, but a lot of times I couldn't get it because we didn't have that
0: financial piece yes or we, we did it would kinda of go to my older brother or come kind of go to my younger brother and everything and it was one particular story that really shaped my life. I was in fourth grade and there were these brand new Jordans out and I wanted them. My oldest brother got them and my younger brother got them. So Aunt told me she said, I'm not gonna get you though. My school was going on a
1: trip to Washington DC and I went on a trip instead of the Jordans and I felt that really opened up my eyes and it allowed me to see something more than just Brooklyn, New York or more mm. than just New York it actually opened my eyes to see that the world is much bigger than the four corners of my apartment. So from there on, I was like, man, you know, Jordan's is good, you know, but...
0: If I would have picked the Jordans over the uh, trip, I would have never had that experience. Yes. So that was
1: something she probably didn't mean to do, but yeah. you know it just happened like that, and I was like, "Wow, I'm glad I had that experience." Not to speak bad of my brothers. Yes, of uh, But they still are in New York. They didn't leave New York and everything of that nature. Yes. So that story right there was set me up for my future on you know learning how to expand, learning how to live beyond New York City or beyond Brooklyn, New York, and everything. So that was just a cool situation at the time I didn't understand I wanted to fit in I wanted to air Jordans like everybody else
0: (laughs) yes but you know I went on that trip and that trip actually changed my life you mentioned earlier about how you were like the black sheep I can definitely relate feel like your aunt you know she of course she loved your brothers as well but it's like you it was like a a push in a different direction it was like a let me do something different with him you know yes you know he may want that but maybe she saw a a value that you hadn't recognized yet but then you Discovered When you did go on that trip, like you said, it opened your eyes to like to know that there was more outside of just the four walls of, OK, th- I, this is home and this is where I stay and this is where I die. It, this is opportunities outside. And I'm imagining <laughs> I'm imagining your adventure on that trip. And I could just imagine you were like a kid in the candy store. Am I saying that right? <laughs> yes, because, you know, um, a lot of times, especially when we are in those situations especially with the transitions and then for you in home with your aunt your brothers yes you want to fit in but I can imagine that trip was almost like an escape to a new discovery that's very valuable and anyone listening especially prospective foster orphan adoption underserved uh, families and parents you know or you know you're wanting to be those moments you know we can I hear this a lot especially with youth you know hey I got everything I wanted but here from their perspective like I just want that time I just wish they had time and you know they'll spend time me or you know um, I wish there was more and for you Jamal that trip was the more so that's a valuable lesson parents and listeners that you know it's not always about the getting everything you want which is nice you know a lot of times we do want stuff but those memories those moments those adventures as I like to call them make lasting impacts and impressions that's awesome Jamal when you return back did that propel you to want to kind of change up your atmosphere or make a shift Of any kind, or did that come later on? Uh, it opened my eyes, but I didn't get a full effect, you know. I was like, Hey, I'm just going
1: on a trip, yeah. But later on down my life, that story, right there, you know, spoke volumes. And it just kind of set me up for my future. And I didn't see the potential. Or I didn't know what the potential was. But uh, that story just kind of pushed me towards my potential.
0: Yes. Inclusive of your aunt and definitely that dynamic trip. Did any uh, mentors step up in your life? Like anyone come out the woodwork? Or is there any experiences that happened later on down the road that kind of attributed a shift in you to kind of want to yes. do something different or to to make a difference? And if so, what was Yes. Um I had a few mentors when I got uh, one mentor, his name is Jerry, and the other one, Dwayne, both in my church. Uh, when I got older and everything, like in high school, they used to take me out uh, to teach me how to play basketball or yeah. go to a movie or something like
1: that. So that was just thinking, like, okay, it's fun, you know. Yeah. But that was setting me up for my future and kind of foreshadowing what I'm going to be doing today, you know. So that was amazing. And to speak, you know, positivity and be saying, hey, Jamal, you can do it. Uh, you can make it happen. You can do anything you Put your mind to, so, but you know, at the time, I'm just trying to go on another trip, you know, yeah, just trying to hang out, yeah, but those were you know, run bells and everything, and it actually, you know, opened my mind to say, hey, you could go to college, hey, you could do this, you could do that, you know, so that was amazing, and also my track coach, he actually uh, spoke volumes into me as well, too, because I didn't know too much about college, yes. um, I thought, like, after high school, I kind of just felt it was over with, or I didn't have the money to go to college, yes. you know, and everything, so he, you know, opened up my eyes and said, hey, you could go, you may have to take out a loan or you get a scholarship. But, you know, you can still go. So those were the three men that I can honestly say that, you know, rung bells in my life. But there are other men. You know, in my past as well, too, that I can't think of right now. But I know for the situation right now where I can think of those
0: were the three guys that kind of could know, stand out when I can see my life was going in a different direction. That's dynamic <laughs> because you mentioned how you didn't know at the time, but a lot of those mentors and those moments was setting you up for your future. Listeners, a lot of times we go through situations from our past, and good or bad, there's moments that kind of help transition us into – our, our next phases of life and jamal was just expounding on how these particular mentors they were really the the words of wisdom and probably some of tough love and some uh, really some focus that he needed in his life and i encourage you out there as well hey y'all need to connect with jamal um you know because of this testimony i'm gonna let him share this next part jamal so you've gotten through foster care with your aunt you made your transitions with the mentors what choice did you did you go on to college what was your transitions yes um I went to college I didn't know what I was gonna do didn't know what I was gonna major in I just wanted to go I just felt that was the right way to to
1: go to college so when I went um I actually went to a school in Miami first and things didn't work out first year so I transferred over to Alley University Cultivate, learning how to talk with people, learning how to partner with people, uh, learning how to just communicate with people and that was all foreshadowing for my future and everything of learning how to work with kids, learning how to work with
0: adults, learning how to talk to a person and everything so um, Allen University taught me a lot of great things Um, like I said it wasn't the grand school such as you know University of South Carolina or anything but
1: it Okay help me become a better person, a better student, and a better
0: mate. Yes, uh, Jamal said some key things there, especially listeners if you're young and listening. You may very well be <laughs> undecisive about what you want to do with your future and you're not sure if you want to go uh, through college or if you, there's some traits or skills that you have or you may want to very well be your own entrepreneur and boss, but Jamal was saying the key thing is he was able to, despite, in comparison yes, of course, to USC and others that you see, Allen University at the time for him was what he needed to make the transitions and as far as life, as far as development, as far as really being rounded as the uh, entrepreneur, the businessman, the male that he has blossomed into, Jamal Allen. Is that where stuff stirred for you for change or was that later on? Actually, that was the melting pot of the change because I knew I wanted to do something with my degree. I knew I wanted to work with people but I didn't
1: know what round okay. or how would that look, you know, being an University, uh, one of my favorite professions, where she goes out to Phillips now, but she always used to make it. she do like, group activities, group projects, and I didn't know why she was making us do this. You know, I'm like, man, I can just knock this out in my own time, yeah. you know. But she basically had a method behind her madness, and it was just basically learning how to, you know, cultivate a bond or learning how to talk to others learning how to work with others because of course you know when you're in groups somebody's not going to carry their way yes (laughs) yes
0: so it just helped me become a better leader,
1: and we used to have to do multiple different group activities. So I was in one group this week, another group the next week, and then we just had to get up in front of the room and present. And I used to be so nervous and everything, but you know after doing four or five of I was like, man, I got this. So now I do public speaking, I do presentations, I do training. So all of that was just you know help me in my you know ladder days of life so like in the beginning I didn't know why this was happening but everything happens for a
0: reason yes and I'm, I'm kind of hinting at it because I want you to tell it <laughs> what was the moment for you you're transitioning you see that you're you know being groomed and mold and now you could take those lessons that you've learned from your classes and your studies what was that moment that you realized I know who I'm supposed to help I know I'm supposed to do who and what was that for you um, this was a little after uh, undergrad I had a summer program okay we, uh, you know, work with, uh, you know, kids and everything, just a typical summer program, okay. just, you know, having fun with the kids. Yeah. But we had about 50
1: kids, and out of the 50 kids, maybe two fathers would come and pick up their children. So that, you know, that was the light bulb that I needed. I'm like, hey, where are these, you know, the men? You know, I know it takes a man to, you know, make a child. Yeah. But, you know, we had a discussion with the kids, and the 48 of the kids and yeah, I live with my mom or my aunt or my, you know, grandma. Uh, somebody like that so that kind of like was like hey i need to do something with this and i knew i wasn't able to do a summer camp all year round that was feasible yes uh because i had to deal with after school and all of that so i was just trying to find something where i can work with kids who do not have male figures so uh god laid on my heart to do a mentor program i didn't know how to do it, or where to start, and everything. So I started about two of the kids from the summer program, and now that blossomed to over two hundred fifty kids now. So that was a uh, that was my start. That uh, summer of two thousand seventeen, I wanted to do something and. You know,
0: God laid on my heart to do a mentoring program. So I used to take the kids out, take two kids out, and it just started to blossom and bubble into what we have today. Yes. And you've already heard countless times here on Foster My Stories listeners where the guests, they really are free in connecting their faith. Know that we're not here trying to preach at you or preach to you, but we do acknowledge where our help comes from. And Jamal, he got that divine tap. Feel am I saying this right? That it kind of all paired together. It started to kind of fall into place. Yes, because it was divine. And that's how big homie, little homie, became birth. Am I saying that right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, big homie, little homie. You just heard how he said how he started off with two. A lot of times we have to uh, take a leap of faith and, and be faithful with the few. The two that he had was the few. And then because of his faithfulness, God basically opened up the more, the opportunity. And now, can you tell listeners, Jamal, like how it has expounded since then? Yes, uh, never in my wildest dreams,
1: It's just only testimony to God and what he does. Um, And I can't ever take any credit for it. Because if I take credit for it, I'll be doing a disservice. Um, So basically, uh, like I said, we started with two kids. And we have over 250 kids now that we work with on a daily basis. So just uh, taking my previous trauma from my younger days into what I am doing now, know God laid me on this journey and like I said there's always a reason for something so if you're a listener you're going through a problem or situation there's always a reason for And God, you know, has your back and he's going to, you know, get glory out of your story. I love telling people that uh, because there are multiple times why why, why God is, you know, having me going through this or why why this or why that. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to get the glory for it. So, like I said, uh, we serve over 250 boys here in the Columbia, South Carolina area who are in single parent homes. We provide mentoring, guidance, and just family support for the families as well too. And with that being said, uh God is doing amazing things. Uh he allowed us um our program to get recognition on the Ellen show. Yes. So that was uh you know another exciting great
0: perk to have said,
1: uh, we got a lot of accolades, but they're really accolades that really matters. It's just the kids that we, you know, help change. And, you know, they can come up to us and say, hey, man, thank you for believing in me when nobody else
0: did. So this is just, uh, you know, some of the great things, you know, that we're doing here in the Columbia area. Yes, listeners, there you have it. Jamal was saying, he answered really that divine nudge. And because he took the leap of faith, God opened up the more of the opportunity. And like he said, it's more about the life that's now being affected. You know, often in my passing. And I've always heard, you know, where's the males? You know, they need role models. And but Jamal has seen that also from his perspective, his service, big homie, little homie, and that's little with the L-I-L <laughs> homie, the service, that's what it does it basically meets those young males right where they are. Jamal and his team is not trying to replace their fathers, but to really stand in the gap as an intercessor, as a mentor, as a friend, as a big brother, and really help those youth right where they are. That goes back to what I said earlier, listeners, about how students in school are often, especially from the underserved, tend to have uh, labeling and behavioral issues or really labeled as behavioral issues. And it's not because they are bad it's not because they're awful a lot of times it's underlining reasons that makes them from home or the lack of a positive role model and in most cases a father figure that is really stepping up and helping them right where they are but big homie little homie is standing in the gap and stepping up to the plate to do just that here in columbia south carolina jamal is your program open for new mentors and if so what's the process how would anyone wanting to be a mentor in your program be involved yes um, we are uh, accepting an application for mentees um, started in January January 4th to be exact alright um, so all they have to do is uh, reach out to us on
1: Instagram or Facebook at Big Homie that is B-I-G-H-O-M-I-E is literally
0: that's one next episode. Yes. Um, you know? <laughs> Yes. Yes, listeners. If you are listening, Jamal said it all right there. We do need males to step up, especially if you yourself consider yourself a mentor or intercessor or wanting to really give back in the community. And especially if you're here local in the Midlands. I believe down the road that it will not just stay in the Midlands. I believe it's going to expand. But like Jamal said, right now, his service is on a waiting list of mentees needing really your help. And so if you would like to step up in that position, you could contact Jamal Stroud. That's J-A-M-A-L-S-T-R-O-U-D. And you can reach out to him via Facebook and LinkedIn. But also, uh, in reference to his service, Big Homie, Little Homie, you can reach out at Facebook and Instagram and connect with him if you desire to be involved. You may be retired. You may be someone's granddaddy. (laughs) You may be an ex-coach. Whatever your thing is, don't feel as if you have to have all the credentials in the world. We just need your time, energy, effort, and really your tough love to step in and really give an hour of your time to this program. That in itself is a gym workout. (laughs) That's a uh, sit down to a meal time. That in itself is hanging out with the buddies. It's easy. And so definitely if you enjoyed listening to Jamal Stroud today, as I have enjoyed interviewing him, please connect with him once again, Jamal Stroud via Facebook and LinkedIn or connect with him on networking and his service, Big Homie Little Homie, which is impacting countless youth here in the Midlands in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, Jamal, what is the age group for your service? 6 to 16 6 to 16. Yes, that's perfect because right at age 7 or approaching age 7 is when many of the youth and students enter or prepare for the second grade and that's the pivotal time especially in schools where they get tested and a lot of times unfortunately misplaced but having uh, a fresh start with big homie little homie can meet your child right where they are and help them prepare to transition out from 16 into adulthood and so I encourage you to connect connect and connect Jamal is there any uh, projects that you are working on uh, as well uh, aside from your mentoring program is there anything in the works that you you are working on Uh, yes we have our uh, family ball uh, that's going to be March 13th
1: tickets are $5 so we're excited about that it's just a night of encouragement uh, for the families, because I know a lot of times, you know, family time can be stressful, so this is just a way to get refilled of that hope and get refilled with that love, and a lot of people may feel like, you know, they can't make it, they can also, you know, donate a $5 ticket as well, too, uh, so more information, you know, on our social media, but thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast, uh,
0: this is I see so much in your future. Uh, thank you so much again, and I'm truly uh, honored to be on your podcast. I am grateful um, for that, and I thank you for really taking the time out of your your busy schedule to be on here. Um, before you go, Jamal, is there any words of wisdom you would like to give to any of the communities that we, we've talked about or anyone wanting to get involved? Yes,
1: my three phrases is love for your love, your valuable, your precious and that goes a long way, even if nobody never told you that, or you, know, you never heard it, or if you haven't heard it in a long time, say, say to yourself in the mirror, I'm loved, I'm valuable, and I'm precious. Uh, I tell myself that all the time, especially when I need it, and that gives me the next motivation to do whatever I need to do. So remember, you're loved
0: you valuable and you precious yes male or female you can say that parent grandparent i'm loved i'm valuable and i'm precious i believe saying those three words like jamal puts into practice daily will really help to reshape really uh anything any mindsets and really um any unresolved inward feelings and emotions that we may have carried for years along the way i highly recommend doing that daily if you can and, and or before you go to bed or especially when you wake up to kind of like jamal kind of give yourself a new look at life you're loved you're valuable and you're precious and you are definitely that with big homie little homie and you're definitely that here on foster my stories jamal thank you so much for being my guest you have a dynamic rest of your day thank you so much. and there you have it that uh, interview was dynamic Um, Talking more in depth with Jamal was very inspiring. You know, despite the struggles he faced within his upbringing, he is now able to really pour back into the lives of countless male youth. Once again, his service, Big Homie, Little Homie, and that's B-I-G-H-O-M-I-E-L-I-L, not little. (laughs) H-O-M-I-E can be found on Facebook and Instagram you can reach out to him there and uh, really just connect with him especially uh, you know I admire the fact that he discovered his purpose niche in mentoring youth males because you know often through the underserved communities male youths get overlooked or always are assumed to be strong or have been told that you have to be strong because you're a male and as we have heard And often see that's not always the case. And especially despite stereotypes, males need positive role models as well that aren't afraid, like Jamal and his team, to be real and to also meet them right where they are. Once again, if you enjoyed listening to Jamal and would like to network, you can reach out to him via Jamal Stroud. That's J-A-M-A-L-S-T-R-O-U-D. And he is on Facebook and LinkedIn Or if you would like more information about his mentoring service called Big Homie, that's B-I-G-H-O-M-I-E, little L-I-L-H-O-M-I-E, homie, (laughs) you can reach out via Facebook and Instagram and to interview. As a featured community or expert special guest on Foster My Stories, or to network, you can reach out via the inbox, Facebook, Foster My Stories page. And also, you can connect with Foster My Stories next Wednesday at 3 p.m., that's Eastern Standard Time, as we dive into a new group of relative public figures, books, or movies you and your family can better connect with. And as always, being fostered, adopted, orphaned, or underserved, simply means you are gracefully chosen. Take care.